This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Biz Pod, where each week we sit down with business executives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, athletes in the business of sports and hear their story about how they got started and what they were been able to do with their business and where the industry is going. And we have a great interview lined up for this. And before we do this, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for this day's episode, and that is Manscaped. So if anyone is having issues with any type of grooming, I would highly recommend going and check out to Manscaped. We actually have a sweet promo called SBG for 20% off. So any type of grooming needs, it's the way to go right there. We've a uh, huge shout out to that company right there for uh, sponsoring this episode and want to jump into a new episode where I have two founders. I have Randall Thomas, uh, sorry, Randall Thompson and Chris Dennert, the co-founders of Dugout Mugs that it's licensed their brand, uh, which is a cutoff baseball bat where you can drink beer and other type of beverages to all the major league teams. But it's great to have you guys on. How are you doing? Good to have you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, so how's how's everything been since quarantine? Like, I know you guys are e-commerce, and maybe it might not fluctuate, but how's that kind of transition been since COVID, and maybe the the, the absence of sports, and like, how's that adjustment been for you guys, just personally? Well, it's been a uh, from a business perspective, it's been really good. I mean, we're we're based online, so um, that that wasn't really too much of a shocker. We're used to working from home. Uh, so that, that was, you know, wasn't too much of a, an issue, but uh, not having sports around, it's been, it's been interesting. We had to get really creative with our tribe. You know, we got a really, you know, we got a decent size following and a lot of customers. So we had to get really creative on what we talked to them about and how we interact with our fans and following. Um, but we did it. We got a really creative team. I mean, you know, you know, we created a baseball bat you can drink out of, obviously we're a little different. So, um, but th- that, that was different. You know, we, we started doing a lot of games, a lot of, giveaways and board games and just really uh, changing it up a little bit to get us through. But now with baseball started, things are back on track as, as we had hoped. Yeah, it's amazing. So could you give us kind of like the backstory about like how you guys met or how this kind of company came to life? Cause there's always usually an interesting story behind that, but could you break that down? Yeah. In 2014, I was, uh, well, yeah, 2014, I was coaching college baseball. And um, the recruiting coordinator was in the dugout uh, cutting baseball bats, wooden baseball bats in half with a handsaw. And um, there was a bunch of loose baseball bat barrels just laying around in the dugout. And I picked one up and I kind of just examined it and I looked at it for a little while and I thought to myself, uh, maybe you could drill out the center of it and turn it into into what I I thought could be a pretty cool beer mug. And... uh, I took that idea, I put it in my back pocket, and about two years later, I, I tried to pursue it to bring it to life. And then about a month or two later, uh, Chris and I linked up and we and we brought it into to the masses. 
That's amazing. So what did the first like MVP look like minimum viable product? Like I'm guessing the first one wasn't like what it looks like today, but talk about that evolution about like the first product that you put out and, and how did you sell the first one? The very first product was, uh, was being cut in my backyard and uh, it was an, like we took a, a barrel of a baseball bat and we just, we hollowed it out really, a really, really skinny hole. Uh, and it was about uh, nine and a half inches down. Now it's a much thicker hole and it's only about seven inches down. Uh, so it's much longer and skinnier, um, much rougher on the inside. Um, Getting like splinters when you're drinking the first one? Yeah, possibly. Why not? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's evolved. Um, uh, I guess the biggest evolution is we can use an MLB license now, put whatever the hell we want on there from an MLB standpoint. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it's evolved over the years for sure. And so how'd you guys connect? Like, how'd you guys become business partners? Were you friends before this? Did, you know, what have you started and then one of you, uh, teamed up or like, what was that story? Yeah, Chris, Chris and I met, um, through through social media initially i was looking for ways to to scale the company up bigger um i only at this point i've only done about about fifty thousand dollars in sales or so um and i was trying to figure out how to do things at a bigger level and i just somehow came across chris's profile on facebook and i looked him up and i saw that he sold a bunch of stuff online in, in years past um, so I just shot him a, a Facebook message and I said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, I'm trying to, trying to learn essentially. Um, and I was living in St. Pete at that time, uh, Florida. And Chris was at a conference in St. Pete the day I, I sent him the, the message and he said, well, you know, swing by, swing by this, uh, this hotel, this is where I'm at. And we met in the hotel lobby, had a beer and kind of just talked about, about the mug and uh, I gave him one and I told him just, just uh, carry it around and kind of show it to people and, and, and see what they think. And um, probably two or three months later, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, four months later, we started working together. All, all like all good stories, bro. It started in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> all good relationships, right? That's true. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so, you know, you guys teamed up and then you kind of started getting a little more traction with selling it. Um, at what point were you able to like officially get an MLB license and what was the process of obtaining that? Well, I, the licensing is interesting. It's never easy. Um, and it helps if you know somebody kind of thing, just like most things in business, it's about who, you know, and also who knows you more importantly for anybody business wise out there listening, it's more important who knows you versus who, you know, and uh, I had a couple other businesses and one of them was licensed with MLB and I, uh, with the PA rather. And I called in, I said, Hey, this is Chris. I, you know, I'm part owner in X other company and um, we got this new gig and I really want to give it a run. And we had a, we had an MLB PA license in probably 30 days. I mean, it was it, after we, after we ironed out a few of the details, we had an MLB PA license six months after Randall and I started working together. And uh, MLB, you know, that's obviously the big fish, right? You know, that's the, um, the, the end all right there. And they, they originally shot us down. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we, we already have too much going on in the, in the beverage space and the drinkware space. And I said, okay, well, so what I, my, my plan originally was to see how fast we can sell uh, the MLB PA license. And we probably 5X our minimums in the first two quarters. 
for the whole year. And I showed those stats to MLB and I said, hey, are you sure about that? Like, we know what we're doing over here and this isn't drinkware. You know, this is collectible. This is unique. This is, this is pretty badass. You guys should check it out. And when they saw our numbers, uh, they threw out a, a pretty hefty number at us. And I believe they were expecting us to kind of just shudder a little bit or, or you know, um, but we didn't. We're like, yeah, that's cool. I'll take it. And we locked in the deal and we started hitting our numbers right off the bat. Um, so I, I think with MLB, it was really like, put your money where your mouth is. And we did. Uh, and, and we showed them, you know, we, we had the knowledge and experience in the e-com and also business growth and development space to do it effectively. Yeah, it's amazing. So with the actual product, is there like you guys have some IP or a patent around that as well to protect yourself? The, the license helps you with the sales, but what about the other, um, you know, IPs? Yeah, yeah the, the dugout mug is uh, patented. Um, we also have a couple other products that are patented as well. We own the patent for uh, the knob shot, which is the baseball bat handle shot glass, and, and a couple other um, products we have in, in development right now. Um, and again, it's business, right? Like, you know that there's going to be people out there that try to be you and to try to rip you off. And we have that too. So we made a decision very early on, uh, Randall and I sat down and it was like, are we going to focus on winning or are we going to focus on not losing? And we decided to focus on winning and let everybody else who's trying to be us keep, keep, they're in our shadow and we're going to let them keep chasing us. And that's fine. We're going to focus on winning. And, and doing things the right way every time. And that really is what kind of, so the IP is there, but it's never foolproof, right? Mm -hmm. It's never airtight. Someone's always going to try to get in on your, on your stuff. And in that case, Hey, that's okay. You know, we're just going to outdo you anyway. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of our decision. Your, your patents and trademarks are only as, as, uh, as good as how deep your pockets are for the legal side of things. Yep, That's right. Whoever has the most legal dollars is usually going to just win that battle. Yeah, so in business, it's true to say, Randall, I'm sure you'd agree, have, have a plan on how to brand your company effectively. Like we made a decision who we are now on this podcast, the same guys you'll meet at a ballpark, you know, we're out front or social media. We're all about fans. We're a fans and customers first company. Um, very much so. And I think that that far outweighs um, intellectual property, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can have a patent, but if you can't sell the product, then, then what is the point? But so you guys have been able to sell it pretty well. And I'm guessing the licensing part has helped a lot, but, um, how do you guys usually attract, uh, fans to buy that through e-commerce? Like, is it Facebook ads or like, what's the marketing strategy behind that? Yeah, it's mostly social media ads, direct to consumer running, running Facebook ads on Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, Google. Uh, and, and then there's uh, some other, I always call it non-traditional, but it's actually traditional, but it's not traditional for us. Uh, but there's some other tradition, non-traditional uh, verticals that we, that we put money into. We're, we're constantly testing things and then we're measuring things. And then if it works, we, we throw more gas on it. Um, but mostly, um, yeah, e-com, just uh, going, going directly to the consumer through social media ads. And I think you hit on it, Randall. I mean, fail fast, fall forward, right? When it comes to business, always be testing, always. If it works, do more of it. You know, kill it and move on if it doesn't, for sure. 
What's the, what's like the core after all these testing, what's the core demographic that you've seen, like the age, gender, what's kind of like the, the ideal customer for you guys? I think it's across the board. It really depends on what you're, what you're marketing for because our products are very well received mother's day, father's day. They're great gifts. So targeting a younger demo there. Um, our different products, our, our shot glasses and our bottle openers, those are going to be uh, predominantly younger, right? Uh, college level, maybe slightly above. Um, the mugs are really great for wedding gifts. So we're targeting, you know, it's really all about targeting. It's a pretty, more than I understood at first, it's a very versatile product. When Randall first showed it to me, and I still have the very first one he gave me, it's behind my head here. Um, and I, I saw it as a one trick pony, but then when I started like peeling back the layers of it, I realized it was nothing more than a canvas that we could apply to multiple verticals. And, and that, so it, there's really not a straight answer to that question because it depends on what we're using or what we're promoting at the time mm-hmm. is who's our primary buyer. But it's, it's, I will say with certainty, it's a gifted product. If you know, everybody for any reason who's looking for a gift under 50 bucks, a gift under 60 bucks it's that right so whether it's for a wedding or a birthday or an anniversary or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. that's amazing so um kind of looking forward like looking ahead like with the baseball season kind of being like you know canceled postponed and now they're back in play and hopefully they can finish the season um do you think that will have any influence on on how you guys do or do you think that's a, a way to kind of leverage um that kind of that marketing like what, what do you think of this season does it have any f- in, impact on what you guys are doing now well i think you know I, th- I think building a company and a brand and a product that has seasonality like that is dangerous mm-hmm. um so the way we've gone about it is to try to make it not so you know cyclical right I, we wanted it to be a success with or without the season in fact we had back-to-back record months when the season was off in mother's day and father's day um, now the season being back on, typically we would have a lot of spikes because our products are sold in all the stadiums. Mm-hmm. And right now there's no fans in the stadium. So obviously that's, that's a negative. Um, but we're working a lot with the players and we're helping a lot of the players with their charities raise money for, you know, for their uh, philanthropic efforts. So the, the season being back active is effective for us, but not in the ways you'd think. Um, the, the, the lowest hanging fruit is us having product in the stadiums, but with nobody in the stadiums, a cardboard cutout's not going to buy too many mugs. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're, we're just, we're doing it differently. All the things that are based around live events with the players now that they're back and active. Um, that's, that, that's really been the, the key for us to grow into that. I think the, the sale of the mug, because we have, we have created it to be a gifted product and not a seasonal product. I think it's uh, evergreen. Mm-hmm. And, and how has like the retail sales been compared to like e-commerce, like before COVID and that kind of disruptive market? Like how is that, how have you compared? Is e-commerce much more uh, like a stronger source for you guys? E-com is, I mean, e-com is the uh, majority of our sales. Uh, that's our background, right? It's my background in particular. And when Randall and I first linked up, um, we quickly just, you know, decided that that's going to be the path we're going to take is predominantly e-commerce. And in fact, the stadiums buying our products and, you know, big box retail stores and, and, you know, Olympia and Shields and Hy-Vee and all these stores that carry our products. um, That was a side effect. 
fans loved them so much they started asking for them and then you know it's almost like reverse wholesale which was kind of cool uh so we're predominantly e-com and i think we're gonna we're gonna stay that way because that's just you know how how our company's structured nice so so like looking in the next like five five or so years what do you guys see as like something that you're really excited to about like where the business is going obviously start with a mug and then you have you know different product lines that you grew off of that but what's some like bold prediction or something that you're really looking forward to um seeing kind of unveil over the next five years five years from now yeah or is that how you guys think are you guys kind of more uh, 30 60 90 day i go by seconds 30 seconds, seconds 60 seconds 90 seconds um i don't know i i have a really hard time uh thinking back or thinking forward um chris you might be able to answer this better five, five years from now i mean listen it's as a company we've doubled and whether it's with baseball without baseball with the pandemic without a pandemic we have created a lifestyle brand and a company and a tribe of people that support us that have allowed us to double coming up on our fourth consecutive year. Um, that's not easy to do uh, in business. Um, I know firsthand, it's not easy to do. And the fact that we've been able to do that and, and by doing nothing more than just being ourselves and doing the way, do it the way we wanna do it, um, says that we're onto something. So I think uh, five years from now, you know, perhaps this is an up and out situation where we grow the company to a really solid EBITDA and a, and a, a suitor steps in and, and wants to acquire what we what we have. I mean, we have tons of data, uh, buyers and customers and followers and product and IP. I mean, it's a, honestly, it's a pretty sexy acquisition. Um, so I think within the next five years, we're probably going to be uh, acquired. Uh, what we do, now that could change, right? But I mean, what we do between now and then is just keep doing what we're doing. Um, you know, Randall, I know you feel the same way. I mean, we're having a lot of fun. Um, we get to do this every day, beer and baseball and, you know, make people happy and have a lot of fun with what we're doing in our products. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going <laughs> to, sounds kind of ballsy, but maybe we'll just keep doubling year over year. <laughs> why not triple then, it, yeah? Yeah, well, we'll just, we'll just stick with that. And then, uh, when, when somebody wants to slide in and scoop what we've created, maybe we'll entertain it. Anything to add to that, Randall? No, it sounds about right. Sounds about. It sounds like we just double until we sell. Perfect. There we go. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we won't keep doubling for the next five years. I'm good with that. <laughs> so, so um, you guys have been able to kind of successfully build a company in sports. And what would your advice be to like a entrepreneur that's like trying to figure out a way to like be an entrepreneur in sports, you can go into tech you can go into finance, but like sports is something different. What, what, what kind of advice would you give um, to starting a company? It can be, you know, agnostic, but any type of kind of like founder advice. The, the advice that becomes more and more clear to me every single day is that um, stop seeking advice. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I, I truly believe that Chris was born to be an entrepreneur. I truly believe that I was born to be an entrepreneur um, motivation and advice only goes so far, especially when starting. I mean, you, eventually you start getting to a, a level where you're going to want to listen to some counsel and you're going to, you're going to want to figure out different strategic ways of doing different things to, to protect your upside and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in the very beginning of things, um, just start and just, just go and 
and uh if ready you, fire if, aim yeah if you feel like you need to <laughs> seek advice you're probably not you're probably not an entrepreneur which is perfectly fine um just well, I guess I kind of contradicted myself in that because I reached out to Chris for advice on how to get on how to scale up. So, <laughs> things turned out okay. And look at us now. Uh, so I guess I'm contradicting myself, but um, yeah, it, hindsight, it, it's, man, it's hindsight. It's hindsight's 2020, dude. Yeah. I think what it is is here's okay. Let me let me wrap this into maybe a better thought. Only take advice from people who are where you wish to be, mm-hmm. right? In my opinion, I think that's what it's about. When you look at somebody and they're grinding, hustle, grind, hustle, you know, I'm working 10 hours, 15 hours a day, you know, listen to what I have to say. It's like, yeah, maybe not, man. You know, if, if it's somebody, I mean, I'm married with two kids and any advice I'm taking or giving to somebody, it's coming from that perspective. So oftentimes if, if you're asking somebody who's not where you wish to be advice, they're skewing your view. They're sending you in the wrong direction. Um, and, and, and the, what I'd like to add to that is me, know your metrics, right? I, I had some interesting things happen along the way and, and it changed my perspective on life in general. And I say, know your metrics. What is important to you as an entrepreneur or as a person? And then have guidelines on, on you know, what you will and won't stand for. For me, I have three basic questions before I enter any deal. It's, do I like the other person? In this case, Randall's a tremendous individual and, you know, we hit it off right away. Uh, Do I have a network that I can instantly leverage to benefit this deal? And in this particular case, I instantly did. And then can I have fun? And that last one is the one that's been increasingly valuable to me. Anything I do has to meet those three criteria before I even do any further due diligence. So as an entrepreneur, anybody out there listening to that, I highly encourage you to understand what you're about and then only go into the things that, that, that lead you in the right direction, lead you in your path. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, you know, uh, go do something about it instead of talking about it or asking for advice. And if you do take advice, then take it from someone that has a roadmap that you could potentially follow. Um, but, yes. but, prior, but even prior to that, un, know your metrics, mm-hmm. okay? Know your metrics because you can run 100 miles an hour, but if it's in the wrong direction, what the hell's the point? You know, know your metrics and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And in me, it happens to be fun. It happens to be working with the other person. It happens to be a lot of things. Money is actually quite far down that list. Mm-hmm. If you do anything with, with excellence and have fun doing it, it's funny how money just shows up. Yeah. So, so a lot, you know, and I was guilty of that. And I'm speaking from experience. I was guilty of chasing money and it got me into multiple deals that impacted my health. Um, I, you know, stress, I ended up in the hospital. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars um, all because I wasn't clear with me about me. And I, that's I think that's the most important piece, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I guess maybe last question to kind of wrap things up is, do you think baseball has like a fun problem where, you know, they've kind of traditionally been a little bit more buttoned up and that's kind of creating an opportunity. You guys come in with maybe a more fun brand, but do you think baseball is boring and, and what's kind of your thoughts around that kind of sentiment that, that maybe some people have? Uh, I think there's a disconnect between the fans and the players. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if you'd label that as a, as a fun problem. Um, I think it's just, uh, the, the typical person that, that, um, that consumes baseball, the demographic that consumes baseball doesn't match up with the way that the players are or the way that the players go about playing the game. Um, so I think there's just a, more so there's a disconnect than anything else. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that, Chris? No, I mean, I think Randall's right on point with that. I think from the top down, Manfred down, it's, um, you know, we've, and we, we've met Rob. Rob knows us. Like, it's it just that whole it, – it's a group of people that don't understand. It's just a disconnect. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. From yeah. the top all the way down, it's a disconnect. And if we've learned anything as a company, and MLB is just a company, right, you have to be fans first and followers first and everything else works itself out we have a actually have a really cool interview coming up tomorrow with a guy jesse cole from the savannah bananas if you don't know do you know jesse yeah he's electric he's a he's insane you should check it out dude go to our uh, check us out facebook and instagram tomorrow uh but i'm going on there specifically to interview jesse to talk about creating a fans first baseball company Mm -hmm. you know and and exactly that i think if mlb did more of that, I think it would be uh, a very positive thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, you guys are great entrepreneurs and great people and pushing the boundaries of kind of what's possible and drinking beer, having fun, watching baseball. So congrats for that. Um, what's the best way to connect with you all or kind of follow along where dugout, what Dugout Mugs is doing? Um, all the standard platforms, you know, on, on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, just type in Dugout Mugs. Um, you'll find us. Uh, and then, obviously, if you're looking for any really sick gifts and products, you can find dugoutmugs.com. Awesome. You guys are amazing. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast episode. Don't forget to use SBG for 20% off. Thank you, Chris and Randall. Hope you guys have a rest, uh, great rest of the day. All right, man. Thanks for the time. See you, man. Thanks. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.